Well, first of all, Merry Christmas. It is good to hear that response, because when you say Merry Christmas in the grocery store these days, they say, that was last week. That was, it's nice for us to be able to savor the season of Christmas as we celebrate today the Feast of Mary, Mother of God, and as we will celebrate next weekend the Feast of the Epiphany. And second, Happy New Year. On behalf of Father Meyer, I extend to you wishes and prayers that you and your family will have a most blessed and most happy and joy-filled new year, a year of grace, a year of favor, a year to grow closer to the Lord. This new year begins in sorrow as we mourn the loss of our beloved Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, a good and holy man, a priest for 70 years, a learned scholar who taught as a young priest and who wrote many, many books that have been translated into many, many languages and have been for many, many seminarians a source of growth in the knowledge of our Catholic faith, a wonderful scholar whom the Lord gave to us at just the right time in the history of our church, a scholar who made sure that all of his readers would understand the teachings of the church in their authenticity and in their fullness. As cardinal, he exercised a most important office in Rome as the prefect for the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, overseeing the work of theologians and professors of theology, making sure that they were teaching the faith completely and authentically. And as Pope, pontifex, a word that means bridge builder, and that is certainly what he did during his time as our reigning pope, building a bridge with Anglicans, making it possible for those Anglicans who wished to enter the full communion of our church to do so and to keep their venerable liturgical traditions, allowing them to keep the rituals that were so very, very important to them. And this has brought many Anglicans and many Episcopalians into the full communion of the Catholic Church. As Pope, he restored many customs and traditions that had somehow been jettisoned along the way using his papacy as an opportunity to stress the importance of sacred liturgy, authentic worship, worship that gives glory and honor to God, Word worship that 
allows us to enter into heavenly worship. And our Holy Father, Pope Benedict, also made sure that the ancient rites of the church were not forgotten, making it possible for every priest who so chose to offer the Mass in its ancient form, according to a form that goes back at least 1,500 years. These things are not to be easily forgotten or thrown away. And in his final years, offering up his sufferings for the needs of the church, praying for you and for me and for the souls in purgatory, awaiting that day when he would pass from this world to the next. On this feast of Mary, Mother of God, I want to allow Pope Benedict to speak to us. I want to recall some of the beautiful words that he had to say about the Blessed Mother, recalling that Mary is indeed the mother of God, according to his human nature, deeply in love with her son, and striving to bring us to be in love with her son. Pope Benedict wrote, Mary is a woman who loves. How could it be otherwise? As a believer who in faith thinks with God's thoughts and wills with God's will, she cannot fail to be a woman who loves. We sense this in her quiet gestures as recounted in the gospel. We see it in the delicacy with which she recognizes the need of the spouses at Cana and makes it known to Jesus. We see it in the humility with which she recedes into the background during Jesus' public life, knowing that the Son must establish a new family and that the mother's hour will come only with the cross, which will be Jesus' true hour. When the disciples flee, Mary will remain beneath the cross. Later, at the hour of Pentecost, it will be they who gather around her as they wait for the Holy Spirit. Reflecting that Mary is not only the mother of God, but the mother of the church, the body of Christ. Pope Benedict writes, Mary is the mother and model of the church who receives the divine word in faith and offers herself to God as the good soil in which he can continue to accomplish his mystery of salvation. The Church also participates in the mystery of divine motherhood through preaching, which sows the seed of the gospel throughout the world, and through the sacraments, which communicate grace and divine life to men. The Church exercises her motherhood 
especially in the sacrament of baptism, when she generates God's children from water and the Holy Spirit. Like Mary, the church is the mediator of God's blessing for the world. She receives it in receiving Jesus, and she transmits it in bearing Jesus. He is the mercy and the peace that the world of itself cannot give, and which it needs always, at least as much as bread. Reflecting upon Mary under the title, Queen of Peace. We may ask ourselves, what is the basis, the origin, the root of peace? How can we experience that peace within ourselves in spite of problems, darkness, and anxieties? The answer is found in today's gospel, in which we are asked to contemplate the interior peace of Mary, the mother of Jesus. During the days in which she gave birth to her firstborn son, Many unexpected things occurred, not only the birth of the Son, but even before the tiring journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, not finding room at the inn, the search for a chance place to stay for the night, then the song of the angels and the unexpected visit of the shepherds. In all of this, Mary remains even-tempered. She does not get agitated. She is not overcome by events greater than herself. In silence, she considers what happens, keeping it in her mind and heart, and pondering it calmly and serenely. This is the interior peace which we ought to have amid the sometimes tumultuous and confusing events of history, events whose meaning we often do not grasp and which disconcert us. And sometimes these events of world history and movements within our church do disconcert us. On a New Year's Day, Early in his papacy, Pope Benedict said, In our times, marked by uncertainty and concern for the future, it is necessary to experience the living presence of Christ. It is Mary, star of hope, who leads us to him. The motherly presence of Mary assures us that God never abandons us if we entrust ourselves to him and follow his teachings. Therefore, while we take leave of one year and prepare to welcome another, let us present to Mary our expectations and hopes, as well as our fears and the difficulties that dwell in our hearts with filial affection and trust. She, the Virgin Mother, offers us the child who lies in the manger as our sure hope. Full of trust, we shall then be able to say, 
In you, Lord, is our hope, and we shall never hope in vain. And just a few weeks ago, perhaps meditating upon the last line of the Hail Mary, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Pope Benedict, sensing his own physical weakness, said, Quite soon I shall find myself before the final judge of my life. Even though as I look back on my long life, I can have great reason for fear and trembling, I am nonetheless of good cheer, for I trust firmly that the Lord is not only the just judge, but also the friend and brother who himself has already suffered for my shortcomings, and thus is also my advocate, my paraclete. In light of the hour of judgment, the grace of being a Christian becomes all the more clear to me. It grants me knowledge and indeed friendship with the judge of my life, and thus allows me to pass confidently through the dark door of death. We will never see his likes again. May he rest in peace. May his soul and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Thank you.